Hey friends, this week we're going to take a look at the life of Daniel. We learn about in the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel in general is a great example of how to stay true to your convictions under some very difficult circumstances. We'll see that as we go throughout the week that his faith and um, just like the strength of holding on to his faith, how strongly he wanted to hold on to it, that it was, it was challenged in a lot of very unique ways, in a lot of very difficult ways, but it gives us some great encouragement in our life of faith. Daniel's story takes place about 600 years uh, before Christ, so about 600 BC. And when we come in to meet Daniel at the beginning of the book of Daniel, Daniel has to move. And he's not moving because he wanted to upgrade his living quarters or because, his, um, or because he was retiring or anything like that. He was moving. Uh, he was moving from Israel because Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, another country, he came into Israel and he took over the whole thing. And he took all of the Israelites and he brought them back to Babylon. And once he got the Israelites back to Babylon, he thought, there might be some really great workers here, people who are in, men who are intelligent and who are uh, capable of learning and that we can train to become really, really productive people here in the nation of Babylon. And Daniel was among the group that was chosen to come in and be evaluated as somebody who might be useful to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And, uh, and right off the bat, there's a test of sorts. Although Nebuchadnezzar didn't mean it as a test. But Daniel, Daniel saw it as a, sort of a test that, well, he needed, he needed to pass. So Nebuchadnezzar brought in all the different workers and he wanted to feed them. He wanted to give them food. And it says that he wanted to feed them with the royal food and with the royal wine that was typically offered at every meal. Doesn't sound like a big deal, right? But it was to Daniel. Because the way that they celebrated their meals in Babylon, especially with the royal food and the royal wine, uh, they were ways of showing allegiance to their God, a God that Daniel, did not, uh, that Daniel did not believe in. And so he saw, if he thought, if I eat the food and if I drink the wine here, I'm going to give the impression that I believe in the God of Babylon. And he didn't want to do that. It's the, uh, it's the very first commandment being put into practice for us, the commandment that says, you shall have no other gods. And he didn't want to even give the impression that he, was, that he was worshiping another god, the god of the Babylonians. But he knew that there was a risk if he decided just to flat out not eat the food that was presented in front of him. He knew that Nebuchadnezzar was not shy about just throwing people away. And so he knew there was a very real chance that if he just outright refused to eat or if he said, I'm not going to do this, then he would be thrown away and his life might, might just be over at that point. So he came up with a plan. He had become pretty close with the guy who oversaw, the guy from Babylon who oversaw his particular group of people, and he suggested a plan to him. He said, I can't eat, I can't eat the food because of my personal convictions, of my allegiance to my God. He said, and I know you're a little bit worried of what might happen if we don't eat, then we won't be productive, we won't be strong, we'll get kind of weak, and you'll look, end up looking bad. And Daniel said, I don't want you to look bad. He said, but I believe, I believe that our God can take care of us through all of this and give us what we need. So he proposed a 10-day plan. He said, if you give me and my buddies just vegetables to eat and water to drink and then evaluate us at the end of the 10 days and see if, you know, see if that has, see if we can get by on that and still be productive, uh, then maybe you can just give us vegetables to eat and water to drink as we, as we move on. And the guy thought it was kind of risky because vegetables was not the same, it didn't give the same substance that, uh, that the royal food did. Um, but he thought, okay, we'll give it a shot, it's only 10 days. And so for 10 days, Daniel and his friends ate just vegetables and they drank just water for their food. And at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and all of his friends looked physically healthier than all the other guys that they had brought in. And they performed even better than all of the other guys they brought in. And so much so that King Nebuchadnezzar noticed 
And he said, those guys are really outstanding, and I want to give them another, a higher position. I want to give them a signif more significant position than all the other people that he brought in. And so Daniel and so Daniel and his friends, they were elevated right away um, because, um, because God took care of them. And if you pay attention to the language, if you read through the book of Daniel, and I would encourage you to do that as you go through this week, you notice how often it, uh, it assigns God responsibility for what happened there, that God gave them strength, that God made their muscles strong, that God did all of these things, that God is the one who was very active in making these things happen for Daniel, who wanted to represent God. Uh, fast forwarding to the end of the book, just for a moment, we know that Daniel remained in a high position in Babylon for almost six decades, for 60 years. And so he did, uh, he did a lot of service in Babylon in 60 years. So 60 years, he was far from home. 60 years, he was serving somebody that, uh, that he wouldn't have signed up to serve. And you might wonder, well, why did God allow that to happen? And there's something really interesting in the very first verse of the book of Daniel that gives us some really good insight into this. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand along with some of the articles from the temple of God. And notice the subject and the verb of that sentence, that the Lord delivered Daniel and all of his friends into the hands of the Babylonians. God made that happen. Now, why did God make that happen? In short, because he wanted to put Daniel and his friends in a position to be able to represent God. He wanted to put them in a place where if they stood up for God, it would be noticed. And a place where God's power would be clearly seen because it wasn't there at all. He wanted Daniel and his friends to be in a good place to represent God. And one of the lessons that we take away from the book of Daniel is that the same is true for you. Is that God wants you to be in a place where you will succeed in representing God. That is his purpose for you. And think about that if you're ever in a place that you didn't ask to be in or if things are harder than you ever imagined, or if your faith is being challenged in ways that you didn't expect, or in ways that inflict some pain, or in ways that even put the lives of the people you love at risk. Don't tell yourself that God isn't behind it. Just be reminded that God's purpose is always to put you in a position where you can clearly represent God. And remember God's purpose in all of this. Just as he was with Daniel, and we'll see through the book of Daniel through this week, that he certainly was, that God is with you too. God has no intentions of allowing you to fail in your purpose as his child, just to represent God in some very powerful ways wherever you are. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. Did you know that our ministry is 100% donor funded? That's a fancy way of saying that we don't receive buckets and buckets of money from the government or from any church or denomination. Instead, our ministry is completely fueled by people just like you. People who listen and watch our videos, people who give generously, and people who allow this message to spread to more and more souls whose lives are then changed. So for all of you who give, thank you so much. And for all of you who haven't given yet, we would love for you to do so. We really need your support. We want to reach people now with the good news of Jesus, which is why we need your help. Thanks for praying about that. Thanks for considering it. And thanks in advance for your support. God bless. Hey! 
Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Thank you so much for investing your limited time to grow in your faith with us. But could I ask you for one more favor? I'm sure you're itching to check out social media or go on to the next part of your day, but you could do a huge help for the kingdom of God if you would rate and review this podcast. Just taking a few seconds of your time will help other people to find Time of Grace, which matters so much to us because we want people to hear about grace, to hear about Jesus, to hear about eternal life. So thanks for taking a little more time. We pray that God blesses you with a great day and we'll see you soon.